From finance and commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining me. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this episode, Rafiq Moore, CEO of Break Capital, talks to FNC reporter Brian Johnson. Moore discusses the future of struggling retail properties, his Midtown Square project, and the outlook for real estate in 2024. All right. Please be joined with Rafiq Moore of Break Capital. Um, Rafiq, hey, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing, sir? Hi, Brian. Uh, g- glad to be here. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me to your podcast. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, we we talked briefly uh, a short time ago about your Midtown Square project in St. Cloud, and we sure want to uh, circle back to that and find out a little bit more about that project in case the, for the people who didn't get to read the story. But I wonder if you could just start out by telling us a little bit about Break Capital and sort of what your what your focuses are. Um, it sounds like you're you're based right here in uh, Edina. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So Braith Capital is a vertically integrated real estate investment company. <clears throat> we have our own in-house uh, management, construction, and um, a leasing, marketing. Uh, the problem we're trying to solve uh, at Braith Capital is to uh, essentially go after big box retail and convert the failing big box retail into uh flourishing uh, business incubator, light industrial flex uh, uh, uses with the help of the municipalities. We often work with them to change zoning. And uh, uh, Brait in Old English means diamond in the rough. Mm. And our whole thesis is to pick up these diamonds in the rough and polish them into brilliance. So uh, uh, we th- this one, this is a second one of these malls and we're under contract to buy another one. Uh, in uh, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, we have come up with this uh, a mall redevelopment model after having worked as a light industrial flex uh, investor in the uh, industrial sector. And now everybody and their brother buys industrial, so the prices have gone through the roof. So we are trying to evolve and adapt to new times and uh, uh, pick up these uh, distressed um, retail assets and convert them into light industrial flex uses. That and that's what this economy needs, in my humble opinion, is that uh, uh, taking something that nobody wants and converting it into something everybody uh, is going after. So would you, uh, can you talk a little bit more about the diamond and the rough aspect? And what are some of the economic forces here that are putting some of these uh, malls in uh, in that situation? Uh, just you, you, We talked about the impact of COVID and, and uh, some of the impact that that has had on the retail sector, but I wonder if you could explain a little bit about uh, what makes these malls a, a diamond in the rough, what the opportunities and challenges are. 
Well, um, uh, there's a lot going on here. Uh, it's not news to anyone that we as a society are evolving very, very quickly. And it's hard for certain sectors of our economy to keep up with the advances in our technology and e-commerce. I mean, 20 years ago, a meteor called Amazon uh, hit uh, our uh, uh, retail industry and completely decimated it. Big retailers like JCPenney, Sears are uh, struggling or gone. Uh, Macy's is struggling, multiple locations. Everybody had to adapt. And some of, of our retailers like Walmart and Target quickly adapted and created their e-commerce sites and uh, went on with their times, but others didn't. And whoever was not in with the program has uh, uh, seen their demise and it caused tremendous destruction throughout the United States. As a result, you have these very, very large structures all across the nation. In, in, in any town, there's multiple of them and they sit there vacant, struggling. The main thing that we've identified is that these properties are very well located. They're in the center of the cities for the most part, which is great. They are spanning anywhere from 20 to 70 to 100 acres. <clears throat> Their sizes are anywhere from 500,000 to a million square feet in some instances, and yet they are turning into ghost towns. Why are they turning into ghost towns? Simply because the price and value has definitely changed. In the past, when you have a retailer on each, excuse me, on each side that drove traffic, anybody on the inside, excuse me, anybody on the inside benefited from the traffic the uh, anchors generated, and they were able to create their own little businesses uh, and and benefited from it. When the big anchors, the big retailers left, the traffic has subsided, and then smaller retailers started struggling. And uh, I remember twenty years ago, anything in those malls. A little out uh, uh, kiosk, $10,000 a month. It was really, really highly priced commodity. No more. It's a ghost town now. So you have to reinvent the uh, uh, utility, number one. Number two, you have to re uh, reorganize the entire ecosystem. And uh, one of the main things that we work on is affordability. You can't be getting retail rates for those types of assets anymore. So immediately after acquisition, we drop the price from whatever the retail demands to a light industrial uh, 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 rate, rental rates. So that's number one. Number two, we invest tremendous amount of capital back into these units, into these properties. We carve them down in a specific methodical way. We improve them technologically through whether it's cameras, where it's lighting, whether it's uh, uh, solar. We really try to modernize these old Buildings that were built in the 80s and 90s. Another thing that's very, very uh, uh, important to us is raving fan tenant culture. What does that mean? All of these tenants are distressed. They are frustrated. Uh, the rent is high. The building is not cared for. There's a roof leak. HVAC doesn't work. And, there, and there, there's a slow exodus. Our job is to stop the exodus immediately, tend to their um, uh, uh, problems and issues, and preserve whatever is left. It's so much harder to bring back a dead mall. When there's 30, 40, 50% occupancy, we can still maintain, you know, retain their ownership and, and uh, uh, change uh, the utility because they will help us with the you know, operating costs and uh, uh, other expenses. I mean, these things are so expensive to operate. Uh, you know, you got a half a million square foot facility at $2, that's a million dollars a year, a month, uh, a year in $80,000 a month in operating expenses alone. Mm. For me, you know, get in there and it's vacant. It's extremely difficult. So many times we need the 
help from municipalities to help us with zoning changes, with tax deferment strategy, with uh, uh, with many things. So what we are doing at Brave Capital currently is developing a framework and a process and a platform to deal with these problems and hoping that municipalities, lenders, investors will see what we see and help us to pick up these diamonds in a rough and polish them back into brilliance. Yeah, so tell us a little more about Midtown Square and where are you at with that project and what are some of the elements you're looking at there? Midtown, uh, we purchased, uh, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago now? And our strategy is exactly that, is to really go to each individual tenant, understand what their problems are, and uh, tend to their uh, issues. We bought it with 50% vacancy. And uh, um, uh, the prior owners try to do, a, you know, try to do self- something with it, but I think their strategy was different from ours. We want to, uh, we're going to be cutting some uh, drive-in bays. We're going to uh, potentially, we're contemplating putting a mini storage facility in one of the quadrants in the back. Um, we are contemplating putting a uh, co-working space in one of these units uh, over there to to really draw back, bring back some um, uh, some of the entrepreneurs. The conventional uh, parts of that building are office. We have office, uh, multi-story, four-story office in there. We have retailers in the front, and uh, our office tenants, uh, conventional office spaces don't work anymore. So what we want to do is create a co-working model. There's a lot of people who work from home because of the Zoom culture and uh, what happened after COVID, but for a $300, $500 a month, we can give a subscription to come in and be at the office whenever they want to, but then if they feel like working from home, they can work from home. And so these traveling uh, uh, um, employees uh, can have the haven and, and get away from the, you know, from the, from their cats and dogs and their kids in these things. And it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg. And they, they don't have to commit for five years. They mm-hmm. come in, they do the work. And I think that's a new economy in the office sector is to provide that flexibility and subscription model and give them the printer and give them the uh, Wi-Fi, give them the coffee, uh, uh, but, but to have them occupy their little office uh, where they can do their business and, and not be confined to a five-year lease. And what kind of conversations are you having with prospective tenants there? How, uh, what is, what's the reaction been so far um, to this model and in, in what you're putting together in St. Cloud? Our biggest thing is to really communicate to um, the, the community and ask what the demand is. Uh, we are not in the position to uh, re- reutilize this building to our liking. Uh, we are uh, uh, merely servants and stewards of this property. And so we are working with the uh, Chamber of Commerce. We're working with the local uh, entrepreneurial community to really understand the needs and to serve the need. Uh, somebody, uh, some uh, people sh- stop, wanted to open a charter school. We're contemplating a charter school evolution of parts of it. Uh, we workspace kind of came up in a conversation, co working space. So we're uh, 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 reusing second floor. Uh, dead office space into a co-working type opportunity. We're talking to a bunch of retailers about bringing back, but in order for the retailers to come back, we need to find a way to activate it, the space. So uh, one of the things we're doing is bringing a uh, a restaurateur who can take the restaurant on the first floor and uh, uh, put a banquet hall facility in there, and maybe they will do some events, you know, uh, event spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked with a bunch of uh, axe-throwing people 
uh, the, the, uh, businesses, uh, or uh, we in some other uh, communities we do gyms. Uh, we put in a uh, nice uh, kickboxing gym, or uh, we would love to put a some kind of a swimming school. Um, but again, it is not up to us what this building is. It's up to the community, and we're basically patiently waiting and offering all this marketing and 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 really inviting everybody to to participate in the evolution of this product. And we have outline we have certain amount of capital uh, uh, reserved for the re, re uh, um, reinventing of this property. So this adaptive reuse was pretty intensive, and uh, uh, we're working with architects and the municipalities and and uh, uh, our, our bankers to really uh, understand what needs to happen and, and plan accordingly. And remind us again, where is the facility located specifically and, and how big is it square footage-wise? This particular property is located at 3333 West Division Street, a uh, very well-trafficked road. Uh, it's on the second or, or one of or the hottest, highest uh, trafficked intersections in St. Cloud, if not the highest. And uh, it's a 10-acre parcel uh, with the property size uh, in the to the tune of 225,000 square feet. It does have a uh, new. Um, it does have a new uh, Dunkin' Donuts on the corner that comes with it, and uh, uh, the building has uh, a lot of vacancy, a lot of deferred maintenance of which we're attending to uh, at the moment. We're talking to four or five tenants. I don't recall exact. Uh, Tenants, but we're essentially working with every uh, current tenant trying to understand their needs and and uh, tend to them. Has the city been good to work with? We're very pleasantly surprised to have uh, worked for the first time with the city of St. Cloud. We love the city. I think they're really good partners in this evolution. We've met with uh, 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 economic development uh, uh, chair and uh, the planning building official. And they said, whatever you guys need, we'll be happy to help you if you need some uh, variances or whatever. They were very, very pleasant and uh, embraced our uh, company and our people with open arms. And you said you're looking at some pretty significant investments. What is the uh, timeline for, for that and for having, uh, having it ready for uh, occupancy? So many of the units are ready to, for, for occupancy, but they require a certain... Uh, amount of uh, uh, capital infusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so essentially, it's a continuous improvement process. I'm hopeful that we will be fully stabilized with this property within 24 to 36 months. That's our goal. However, uh, it's all a uh, it's all a, a work in progress. Okay. What else do you have going on? Uh, what else do we have going on? <laughs> Yeah, sorry. These guys are very loud. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, we are working on um, a restaurant. We're working on a um, on a uh, charter school. We're working on some retailers. We're talking to some barbers. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be a lot of different uh, users that will uh, uh, come in. Obviously, our goal with this uh, podcast and in communicating to the the parties involved is that we're open for business and we're hoping to hear from you, uh, the tenants, potential tenants, uh, and see what kind of ideas you have. I mean, do you, do we put a, a um, trampoline park? Uh, do we put a gym? I mean, we need to find entrepreneurs who are interested 
in opening businesses inside that building and we'd love to provide capital and uh, space and um, accommodate whatever needs they have. Awesome. And can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself and how you got into the development business? Uh, Braid Capital is a fairly new business. Before Braid Capital, uh, I started a Caspian Group, which was six years ago. And Caspian Group is a real estate brokerage management company. I've always thought of ourselves as a uh, management company, but I've never, or or a brokerage, but I've never actually done brokerage myself. I hired uh, a brokers to do the work. And uh, I realized uh, about two years ago that while I call myself a broker, I never do broker. So it's not very uh, uh, a good way to brand and market ourselves. So that's where the Braid Capital idea came about. And also having never done any ground up developments, having never, you know, built anything from scratch, I realized that ultimately we are in a diamond and rough business. We're diamond miners. Uh, and these diamonds that are up, they, they, they are uh, distressed. And so our, you know, the whole thesis of our investment companies to uh, work with distressed assets. Um, and uh, we are in eight states at the moment. We, uh, we've done a lot of work in Minneapolis and Twin Cities. And then we went to, uh, this is our second or third asset in St. Cloud. Mm. We have a lot of, a lot of going on uh, in Chicago and Milwaukee. In um, Ohio, uh, we have uh, projects in uh, uh, Cleveland, Ohio right now. In Dayton, Ohio, we have projects in, uh, uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, and Dallas, Texas. And mm -hmm. we kind of, we go with the, where the opportunity is. Opportunity sort of finds ourselves, finds us. And uh, when, when we feel like we can impact, uh, uh, you know, the community and improve the asset, we sort of uh, sign up with a job and, and, and go with it. Um, so... Uh, I think where we stand today, we are slowly evolving from a regular industrial real estate developer into a mall redevelopment company, and mainly because attacking these larger projects, uh, they're so complex. There's so much uh, going on there, and you need somebody with the comprehensive methodol uh, methodology. Um, we feel like uh, a local... It's really hard for a small local investor to do everything on on their own because there's marketing, there's construction management, there's capital raise. I mean, these things are pretty complex ecosystems. So uh, uh, I'm yet to find somebody who is doing the same thing we're doing. And I believe that in the next five to 10 years, we are going to raise a fund and, and, and really go through Midwest and maybe beyond to uh, uh, solve this problem that uh, America is facing. And we're going to rebuild each one of these communities by investing capital and uh, uh, helping these entrepreneurs to uh, with the space needs. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you're onto something there, Rafiq. And uh, I think when we talked last time, you mentioned that the, the dinosaurs are dying and you're, that's what you're, sounds like you're looking at uh, addressing that situation and uh, revitalizing. I would like to rephrase uh, the thing. I, uh, the dying is a very morbid and uh, scary, uh, a statement. I'd like to say that uh, uh, the dinosaurs, which these buildings are big dinosaurs, they are really on their last leg. And mm -hmm. our job is to help them evolve and adapt to the new environment. And so maybe we don't call them dinosaurs. Maybe we call them uh, something else. But because uh, dinosaurs obviously never recovered and they died. Mm -hmm. so maybe it was not a great analogy, but I'll tell you. <laughs> one thing. 
we are very, very positive. And we, this is our third project now uh, uh, in, in this ecosystem with the malls. We're very, very confident that provided we are a price leader, we provide best pricing. Uh, and because our basis is so low compared to all other real estate, we can provide affordable house uh, pricing, number one. Number two, because of our uh, uh, commitment to raving fan tenant culture, because of our commitment to technology and efficiency and really making these places uh, uh, operate at a, a, a lower uh, uh, at a lower price per foot because of the efficiencies, because of the solar and uh, LED lighting and all kinds of improvements, mm -hmm. we believe that we will be a really good value proposition. Uh, when we get into these towns, we become a, a, a center of gravity for any kind of real estate need because it's hard for our competitors. To, to compete with the pricing. We can slash our prices by half and still deliver value to our tenants, uh, but also improve their spaces. You know, we got this raw space and we have capital from our banks and we got to do something with the capital and with the space. So we invest on behalf of the tenants into their space and uh, it becomes a, essentially a, a newer product at a discount price, discounted yeah. rental rate. Mm -hmm. I believe that we will be uh, successful in the long run, and uh, uh, in in the meantime, will impact and influence these communities in, in a great way. Well, before I let you go, I was wondering if I could get your thoughts and just kind of your outlook for the coming year in terms of real estate development uh, sales. We all know what's been going on with interest rates. We keep hearing that maybe they'll be coming down again. But uh, what what are your thoughts about the uh, coming year? And uh, you see things picking up or? Um, uh, I wish I had a crystal ball and knew what yeah. will happen with the, I mean, we all hope and pray that the rates will come down. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, it's been really tough. Uh, obviously, uh, there's greater forces at hand to, to deal with, um, you know, inflation and, and, uh, um, we mirror servants, uh, trying to keep up and survive. But I'll tell you one thing, I'm very optimistic because, uh, I believe that if the rates will come down, we'll have a ton of activity. Uh, one thing that I can tell you about our business, uh, because we buy these properties at such deep discounts, because these properties need a lot of investment, uh, uh, we generally are not affected by the interest rates as much as uh, the other guy, because um, you know we buy these properties sometimes at eight to ten dollars per square foot, and they're losing. They won. They're, they're losing thirty, forty grand a month. Uh, in, in cash flow. So we have to hurry up, mobilize, and really solve the problem uh, day one. But uh, our, our commitment on these projects is to uh, uh, turn them around in, in uh, short order. And that's why you will see that our marketing is pretty spot on. Uh, but from the standpoint of uh, interest rates, I guess what I'm trying to say is they, they have impact on a broader market, but they don't really affect us. We can cash flow stabilized property like this at 10, 12% no problem because we have enough uh, cash flow to sustain it, provided we bring the community back. And that's where the challenge is. It's hard to go into this community and everybody knows this mall to be a sort of a languishing uh, mall with uh, roof leaks and not working HVAC. And to help to, to, to uh, uh, change the perception has been our biggest challenge. And so we're going to create a tremendous branding and marketing and, and, and show the videos and pictures of our prior work and say, look, what you see today is not what's going to be there in about a year. It just We just need some time to really invest uh, in, in this community. So um, yeah. 
Great. Well, great. Well, good luck with your project there, Rafik. It's been great talking to you and I uh, hope we can stay in touch. Thank you, Brian. It was great uh, uh, talking to you. Thank you for the invitation and uh, I wish you uh, the best. Thank you. Have a good day.